are listening to the Heartland Author Podcast. I am Aaron Apollo Camp. For the 50th episode of Season 6, I had the opportunity to interview Paul Zolman. Paul is the author of the book Roll of Love and its companion journal. I'm here with Paul Zolman, who is the author of Roll of Love, which also has a companion journal. Paul, welcome to the Heartland Author Podcast. Thank you, Aaron. What a pleasure to be with you. Feel free to introduce yourself to our listeners. Absolutely. I've, I've been around for quite a long time. I'm not as old as dirt, but pretty close. I have been in the finance and uh, accounting industry, been in uh, a CFO of a public company, but I had anger issues that stemmed from my childhood. A lot of leftover residual anger from from abuse that happened during during my childhood and took me a long time to get over it. And that's that's what I've written my book about is that that experience of of overcoming that that um, anger. Now, as uh, this uh, before, I actually ask you about uh, your book and its companion journal. I'll ask you, what are the five love languages? That's a great question, Aaron. And uh, just for review, the the Five Love Language book, it's entitled The Five Love Languages, was written and published in 1992 by Dr. Gary Chapman. Dr. Chapman was a reverend or a pastor that um, said that these actually love languages reconcile to the life of Jesus Christ in that pastor, pastoral way. And that really kind of excited me. I'm Christian and, and thought that that was really kind of a great pattern of life to to establish, that if I could incorporate these into my life, it'd be great. But Dr. Chapman suggests, Aaron, that if I guess what your love language is, and I cater to that, that, that we're going to be buddies. Well, Aaron, I'm a really bad guesser. That's most likely not going to happen. And it really wasn't happening for me. Coming from a, a background of anger, it just wasn't happening at all. Well, the second thing that Dr. Chapman has in Dr. Chapman's book is that, well, if I take this test or this survey, I can find out what my love language is. And then what do I do with that, Aaron? Advertise? Hello, Aaron. I'm Gifts. What do you have for me today? So the five love languages that Dr. Chapman identified are, are gifts, touch, service, time, and then the words. So you can think about that and think about the life of Jesus Christ that every one of those that practiced in his life. But what it looks like, what gifts looks like is this, you could buy a gift, you could give a gift of service, you could give a gift of time, or you could just give a gift of a smile. That could be easily be a gift for the day. What touch looks like in this day and age, it could be a high five, a fist bump, a, a, a fancy handshake that you create with a, with a buddy, or pat on the back, or it could, could uh, uh, for closer people, it could be uh, the hug or the kiss or the, the uh, stroking of the cheek or something like that. That could be touch. Uh, what time looks like is that, like, for example, uh, a person that likes their car washed, but or they like their car gassed up, or they like the carpet vacuumed, or they like the trash taken out, or the dishes done, or the laundry done. They like things, those people like things done for them. Those are people that have a primary love language of service. 
for those that have a private uh, love language of of um, words, what the words look like is is just compliments. They're watch. They're they want to to know how beautiful they are, how handsome they are. They want to know that they're loved, but they want to hear it in words. And if you never say words and you're doing something else for that person, they may not recognize it as love. So that that's specific for them. They like to hear the words. And then the last last one would be spending time. That's just kind of putting the the phone away, putting it putting it down, and just really being present there for that person. Just hanging out. Maybe it's just watching the television show or a movie together. That's the type of person would would really feel loved if you did that for them. And so we're watching Aaron for people that light up. When they light up, that's what they like, and that's that's the uh, that's the love language. That's a new way. Uh, the way I I like to detect whether the what their love language is. I don't like pausing the relationship. Said, "Excuse me, could you take this survey so know how to love you?" I don't like that's just seems too awkward for me, Aaron. But those are the five love languages. Now, without spoiling too much of Roll of Love and its companion journal, uh, what are those books about? So the the journal actually is for I created what I did, Aaron, was that the survey and Dr. Chapman's guessing game, uh, uh, as what as I call it, of finding a love language of somebody that you want to have possibly have a relationship with. Did, those didn't work for me. So what I did, Aaron, was call um or not call but i emailed dr chapman and asked him if he was licensing those little icons the pictures for for each one of the love languages because i had an idea as a child i remember as dysfunctional as their family was i i remember playing games and these games brought our family together so bringing the family together having a good time even though there were still the put downs there was still still smack talk there was always the high competition. I'm number 10 of 11 children, Aaron. So there's a really high competition in in playing games. And as a, on the younger side, you know, if I uh, couldn't play the game, I all I could do was watch. I mean, if it was something that was more complicated than I would understand, I was just watch. And I loved the time that I, now I got to participate. I would get, it was getting a little bit older, could participate. So Dr. Chapman wrote back, or his attorney wrote back and said, no, we're not licensing those icons. And thankfully, I, I was I was grateful for that. I talked to a local attorney here and found that theory, like the love language theory, is not copyrightable, but application is. So what I've done, Aaron, and, and is create a, a new way to express this, that it's it created a cube. On each side of the cube, I put a different icon for a love language. So five love languages, six sides on the cube. The last one has a little hand with a question mark, and that one's for surprise me. So there's just two instructions. You roll the die every day. That's the love language you practice giving away all day that day. So people like to record uh, what they did during the day. That's why I created a journal so that you can record what you rolled, what opportunities you saw to love in that way, what you did about those opportunities. That journal actually becomes 
a love legacy journal, something that you can pass down to your children or your grandchildren. I absolutely would have loved to have a love journal like that from my mother or my grandmother. Instead, Aaron, I got a journal about the weather. The weather <laughs> 60 years ago. Who cares about what the weather was like 60 years ago? I mean, if I cared, I could read an almanac. But who reads an almanac? I mean, it's just a little ridiculous. But um, So that's the journal. The book actually is kind of a new new twist that for this that I when I created this when I was single Aaron created the die and or the cube when I was single and so Dr. Chapman suggests that you do these love languages and watch uh, practice them with your significant other and I don't know anybody Aaron not a soul that is with their significant other 24/7 and I don't know anybody that wants to be with their significant other 24-7. But I, being single and not having a, a significant other, what I, I thought, well, who am I going to love? Why am I going to send this out? And the thought occurred to me, well, I just can do it to everybody. And for me, Aaron, this was exactly what I needed. I needed those circumstances in my life that allowed me to love everyone because I wanted to have, instead of that anger consistency that I had from growing up and from my austere beginnings, I wanted to have a loving consistency. So it was perfect that I would have to love everyone or would get to love everyone every single day. So as I roll the die and I'm working on that genre or that style of love all day that day, I'm watching for people to light up. When they light up, I discovered their love language. No longer do I have to just, I don't have to do anything awkward that, to discover what their love language is. Just take a mental note, wash, rinse, repeat, and do it over again. You're trying to make people have a better day. And that's what you're doing. When they have a better day, they're going to also spread that loving influence to their circle of influence as well and make other people have a better day. Consider the contrast. Send out anger. You make somebody have a bad day. They're going to spread that misery as well to their circle of influence, make other people have a bad day. This is a better choice. This is a better choice to send out love. That's what the book's all about. It's a it's a new, a fresh approach for each one of the five love languages. In addition, they're the I call it the role of love because R-O-L-E means that this is something that is inside you, something that you're doing on your own. So the observation skills is one of those roles. Authenticity is one of those roles in addition to each each role of the, of the love languages. So that's a little bit about the book and the journal. Uh, before I ask about uh, how Role of Love got published, I, I'm going to note that... Uh, uh, Roll of Love has one of the best-looking websites I've ever seen for a book. Who designed the website? Actually, I had a, a guy that um, that I was working with, a, a web designer from Brazil that designed that website. And, and it, it was a compilation of a lot of pictures that I already had, a lot of content that I already had. And he put it together and did a very nice job. Thank you for the compliment. Uh is Roll of Love and its companion journal self-published, traditionally published, or published uh, through a hybrid press? So it's self-published. A great question, Aaron. Self-published. With that self-publication, though, 
I've also been do, been able to do the the Audible book for for the for the book itself. That's available on, on Amazon. You just you don't want to type in "Roll of Love" because you're going to get "Love This, Love That, Love a Million Things." Type in my name, Paul Zolman, and it'll come right up to it. Uh, what are mental health professionals saying about "Roll of Love"? If you've had uh, mental health professionals uh, discuss your book, absolutely, Aaron. That's a great question. And uh, that the first endorsement within the book itself is from a mental health specialist. And he is the one that actually was the inspiration for the book. I had the the cube actually copyrighted in 2017. And so when I was visiting mental health professionals about using the cube within their practices, he, he's the one that inspired and said, you've got to write a book about this. This really is a great update for the for the love languages, a great new new twist, a great new application for the love languages. And so it was from that inspiration in March of 2022 that I wrote the book. I had it edited, developed the cover, and then uh, self-published in uh, earlier this year in 2023. What so, benefit would a, a school have for implementing this system? That's a great question, Aaron. And I'm, I'm testing this with some schools right now, uh, a school in the Bronx and a school here, here locally. And what they're doing, the teacher is, is taking two seconds to roll the die in the morning at the front of the classroom. I'm currently working with K through six, sixth grade. And the reason we're choosing K through six is because these grades are characteristically in the same classroom all day long. So as they roll the die in the morning, they get to, the, the teacher will explain for maybe 30, 45 seconds, class, we're looking for this type of behavior today. At the end of the day, I've given the each one of the teachers a, a PDF page of the journal so that they can the student can write check what they rolled, write down the opportunities they saw to love in that way that day, then what they did about it. What happens with this, Aaron, is that now these children are responsible for their own actions. The teacher's not responsible. The Principal's not responsible. Each individual student is responsible for their own actions, and they have to report on it at the end of the day. Secondly, this becomes kind of a, a, a de-stress or a decompressing uh, uh, idea for the end of the day. I've talked to teachers worldwide about this, Aaron, and they said that that last 10 to 15 minutes a day is really non-productive time. The kids are tired. They've been there all day. They're a little antsy. They, their brains are mush, and they're really not going to learn one more thing. They know the bell's going to ring. So instead of trying to push one more thing on them, let's decompress them. When you write in a journal and when you record and discharge those things that you did for the day, you're decompressing. What a great way to set the, send these children home decompressed rather than all wound up for the end of the school day decompress for a little bit, write how you behaved that day. If you have to record how you behaved, I think that your behavior is going to be a whole lot better than if you didn't have any reporting or any account any accountability. This makes them accountable. It was I was 35 years old, Aaron, before I realized that, oh, I'm accountable for my own stuff because I was blaming my father 
from for the the awkward situations and the abusive situations. I was blaming him for all those things until I was about 35 years old. This way, a six-year-old and a seven-year-old and a 10-year-old, they're all responsible for their own stuff. The teacher does a little check mark at the end of the day and then sends that page home with that child. The astute parents will hold all those in sequential order until the end of the year and possibly bind it in some way. Now what you have is a first grade journal or a third grade journal or fifth grade journal. You've got a journal for that grade. I remember, Aaron, that um, I remember my first grade teacher's name, Mrs. Rogers. I don't know why I remember Mrs. Rogers because I didn't keep a journal, but I just remember her name. And I remember, I do remember and how I felt. I felt loved in that room. Coming from abuse and coming to school was a fabulous thing for me. I felt more loved at school than I did at home. And so it was a great situation for me. But I don't remember second, third, fourth, fifth grade. I do remember sixth grade. But why don't I remember those teachers' names? It must have been the loving impact that that the, that first grader and the, and the sixth grade teacher had in my life. I would have loved to have a little journal of that time period. So that's what I'm providing for, for the schools at this time. It's in test mode right now, but I encourage that if you're an administrator listening to this or a teacher listening to this and you have the ability to insert something like this into your classroom, it's working very well. And it's tamping down a lot of the misbehaving. Just think about it. If there's less misbehaving, that means there's more learning going on. If they don't, If the teacher and the principal don't have to take care of disciplinary problems in the classroom, there's more time for, for education and more time for real learning. That's what we're trying to do at the schools. Will reading Roll of Love and using its companion journal work for single people? Absolutely, Aaron. As I mentioned, I created this when I was single. And that's just something that um, I, I think it really polishes that single person. I needed to be polished. Because I came from an abusive childhood, I had this ang angry culture, that, this angry cloud that kind of came along with me. I had angry vocabulary. I had angry humor. I had put downs. I had the sarcasm. I had all that bottled together, and that was Paul Zolman. I didn't want that stigma to keep following me, so I had to learn the languages of love. As I've learned the languages of love, it didn't take long, Aaron. It, rolling the die for 30 days, I went through all five love languages just to be able to give it away. By doing that, I learned them backwards and forwards so that I could see it coming my way. Even though it might not be my primary love language, I can see it coming my way and then respond appropriately to that. So I think that for single people, this is perfectly ideal to up their game to improve themselves so that they're more even more marketable. What kind of transformation can one expect from reading Roll of Love? From reading it, maybe maybe not much. And let me t I'll just clarify that. I read through the five love languages four or five times. It I read through it. It did not go through me. For, for those practices to go through me, I had to do something about it. That's why I created the die. If they're practicing the die and reading the book, absolutely, the, the transformation is going to be, be there. And let me just 
explain that to, to you. My problem, I realized, was that I would be annoyed, and then I'd be annoyed on top of that. I'd be annoyed on top of that, on top of that, on top of that, until I came to a point that I was angry, and I'd have an explosion. I'd have this flash of anger that would that would go out, and then I'd go back down, and then start over that cycle again. When I realized what I was annoyed at, I was annoyed at what other people were doing. Something that I absolutely had no control over, something that I absolutely have no choice over, and then I'm annoyed. I thought, why in the heck am I annoyed at something somebody else does, especially if I have no control over it? I'm, I, I, I got to stay in my lane. As long as I stay in my lane, then I'm going to be okay. And what, what was the transformation for me, Aaron, is that as soon as I started rolling a die, it, the the questions changed. Instead of me watching what's wrong with that person and, and going down that critical path, all of a sudden now I'm watching what's right with that person. What can I love about that person? And and I was so busy doing that because I, I, I'm a believer that people themselves intrinsically are probably 80 to 90% all good. And maybe they've got a few few errors, but we intrinsically try to be a good person. I don't know very many people at all that are in the 10 percentile of being just a horrible, 10 percentile of being good and 90 percentile being a bad person. I don't know hardly anybody like that at all. Even there's a few I know that you might say, well, they're 51 percent good and and 49% bad, but are they, and, and so they still be considered a good person. Most people are good. And so I, instead of watching for what's bad about people, what weaknesses people have, what mistakes they made, the transformation for me was diabolically different. It was 180 degree look the other way. Look for good things. Watch for the most part of that person and focus on what's right about that person. When you do that, you're, you forget to be annoyed. And, and you say, why was I ever annoyed? Because that's not even my lane. Your lane now is, is to send love out and watch for those things that are right about people and talk about those things that are right about people. Different than the media, the media always brings up the bad things that people do. We're watching for the right things that people do. All the good things that people do, that's going to transform your mindset. It's going to transform your world. My final question, what do you enjoy most about living in St. George, Utah? I love just the accessibility to, to nature. It's still a small enough town that there's, there's at least five national parks within a two-hour drive or less. Uh, we've got the North Rim of the Grand Canyon. We've got Zion National Park. We've got Bryce Canyonlands, uh, the Great Basin National Park, all within very short period time. Las Vegas is just two hours away. I mean, it's just a really a very nice community, very safe community to live in. Uh, I it's a reasonable place to live. The uh, if you bring your work here, uh, remote workers are are very very well treated here. That's uh, a it's an elderly community. I I love the stories of of elderly people. I love the stories of their life. I I just think there is so much good 
in all these people that come here to live here for in their retirement, in their sunset years, that it's, it makes it a wonderful place to live. Paul, I thank you for appearing on the Heartland Author Podcast, and you are a wonderful guest. Thank you, Aaron. It's been my pleasure to be with you. What a privilege it has been. Paul was a wonderful guest for this podcast. This is Aaron Apollo Camp reminding y'all to write your imagination. Bye for now. You can learn more about me and my book writing projects at camparenapollo.witsite.com forward slash author AAC. You can follow me on Facebook at author AAC and on Instagram at AAC Scribe. Copyright 2023, Aaron Apollo Camp, all rights reserved. This podcast episode is intended for the private listening of our audience. Any reuse or retransmission of this podcast episode without the express written consent of the podcast host is prohibited, except under fair use guidelines. Royalty-free music and sound effects obtained from https colon forward slash forward slash www.zapsplat.com.